We welcome you into Pacers Weekly. We're live on The Circle in downtown Indianapolis. I'm Pat Boylan. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Just six games remain in the regular season. It's hard to believe it was a year that started late due to COVID and will end late and will play 10 less games. It's a lot more condensed, so if it feels like you're flying by this year... Well, things are certainly going more quickly than they typically are. The Pacers are 31 and 35, six games remaining in the season, including a game tonight. They'll take on the Washington Wizards. It's at home. It's at 7 o'clock. We will begin right here with the Kroger pregame show at 6.30 on television with uh, Jeremiah Johnson on Valley Sports at 6.32. Would love to have you in the building. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. This one is significant. You could make a case it's the biggest game of the season to date. The Pacers are currently in ninth position. The Wizards are in 10th. They're a half game behind Indiana. So this is for ninth place. And that might not normally sound significant because normally it's not all that significant. But in this season, it is because the play-in tournament involves teams 7 through 10. And the difference between being 9 and 10 is the difference between hosting that first play-in game and playing it on the road. So essentially how the play-in tournament works, if you're in the Pacers spot, if the season ended today, you would be in ninth. You would host 10th place Washington. You would need to win that game to advance to a second game to make the playoffs. So Indiana would take on Washington. The Pacers would need to win it. And then they would take on the loser of Boston and Charlotte, who are currently in the 7 and 8. And if the Pacers beat that team that lost that first matchup, Indiana would get into the eighth and final seed and very likely take on the Philadelphia 76ers. That's starting to look like they will be the number one overall seed. They're three games ahead of Milwaukee and Brooklyn, who are currently in a tie for second. The Pacers still could get uh, as high as sixth. In fact, they technically uh, could even get to fourth. Indiana is five games behind the fourth place New York Knicks, five and a half games behind the fourth place New York Knicks. However, uh, unlikely, the Pacers will almost assuredly be in this seven through 10 play in scenario. The magic number to clinch at least the play in tournament for the Pacers is three. That's with six of their own games. And then Chicago has five games remaining. So of those 11 combined, games the Pacers need just three to go their direction they'll very likely be in the play-in tournament but the difference between being seven eight nine and ten is significant if you can get up into that seven eight spot then you would just need to win one of two games to make the playoffs if you are nine or ten you've got to win both of them so those seeding spots are significant even if you know that you likely will be in the play-in tournament like the Pacers likely will be. A game tonight against Washington, then Monday at Cleveland, then the Pacers return home for three more at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Indiana closes their season out with six of eight from home. That includes four of their last six. And those last three are all interesting opponents. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Los Angeles. That's the Lakers. And then the season closes out Sunday against Toronto. So four more chances to catch your Pacers in person. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be in Bankers Life Fieldhouse for any of those final four games. 
A week from yesterday, the Indiana Fever season will tip off. We'll have broadcast plans announced shortly, but you can uh, expect to be able to watch the Fever often this season, whether it's on Bally Sports or through streaming like you did last season. They'll tip off the year in New York on Friday, then have a home game against the Liberty on Sunday. Feverbasketball.com for more information. We're going to hear from the head coach, Mary Ann Stanley, a little bit later in this show. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. We would love to have you be a part of it. 317-239-1070. 70 is the number to call in and chat Pacers basketball with us. Or I'm at Pat Boylan Pacers on Twitter on this show. As I mentioned, we're going to hear from Mary Ann Stanley, the Fever coach. We're going to hear from Nate Bjorkren. He's the Pacers head coach. Eddie White goes around the house too. Eddie Gill will check in. Jeremiah Johnson a little bit later. A full show for you. We are with you for the next hour here on The Circle in downtown Indianapolis. We will tip off this show with the head coach Nate Bjorkren and Mark Boyle coming up next. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. Welcome back to Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. Pacers and Wizards tonight. Bankers Life Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. If you cannot, we've got a seat reserved for you on the radio and on television. Just tune in right here at 6.30 tonight. Or on Bally Sports with Jeremiah Johnson, Pacers head coach in his first season He's Nate Bjorkren, and he sits down for a conversation with radio play-by-play voice, Mark Boyle. Thank you, Pat. A really interesting seven days since we last spoke. A bit of a roller coaster. You go into Oklahoma City last Saturday and lay 152 on them, and Nate set an NBA record for margin of victory for a road team, and then two days later, you give up 154. You come back home and struggle against a Sacramento team that, while playing well, is among the worst defensively in the league. And then in your last game, a really impressive performance, a win over a strong team when you put 133 on the Hawks. So really the definition of a roller coaster week, how did you feel your team navigated this last week? I thought they navigated it very well. Like you said, there was a, a lot of ups and downs in those games, you know, and the games were played differently. Like you, you wouldn't have thought that the, the our game against the Kings would have been the, the most low scoring one, but it was. You know, and some of the other ones were, were, were very high scoring. You know, we like to play at a fast pace. So there's going to be a number of possessions in a game. And, you know, obviously, common sense wise, the more possessions is the more points. So, uh, but what I liked was, you know, I liked our recent performance. I liked it, the way that we moved the basketball, that we shared the basketball, that we played with force on offense and, and, you know, our defense had timely stops. And, and that's really important in, uh, in a game. We'll get to the injury situation in a minute. But before we get to the specifics, we know that the Pacers this season have had their ups and downs and consistency has been an issue. How much of that do you think is directly related to injuries and the inability of the Pacers to put together a consistent group of people every night? Well, it, it's part of it, you know, it, it's, it's definitely part of it, but, but I don't, uh, you know, with Malcolm and, and, and miles and, and TJ Warren and, you know, and the list list goes on there, but, um, you know, I don't want to make excuses for that. And I haven't, uh, we have capable guys on this team that can step up and play at any given moment. Um, and they've proved that during the course of the season. Uh, so we just got to keep focusing on finding that consistency you know, playing the way that we want to play for longer stretches. It's, it's not going to be perfect out there. 
you know, the lineups have been different and stuff. It's not always going to be perfect, but we got to just try to, to be at the high end of, of playing the way that we want more than at the low end. To the extent that we can, then let's get to the specifics. You did get Sabonis back and you did get Bataze back. So that's good news. Any update on the other guys? You know, not yet. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, they've been questionable for a while and stuff. So they're working, you know, Malcolm's, you know, trying to get back with the, with the hamstring issue and Jeremy Lamb's, you know, working on getting back with, with the knee and, you know, Edmund was Edmund Sumner was out there for a couple games. So, so he's working, you know, and getting closer to getting back. So, so even when they're out, you know, they don't, they don't want to be They're They're, they're hurting inside for not being able to be there on the court, you know, to help their teammates. Um, but they are, they're working hard and, and trying to get healthy. Assuming they a best case scenario where those guys get back sooner rather than later with the regular season winding down and in particular Turner lamb and Brogdon having been out long enough that there might be issues, uh, issues with conditioning and rhythm and timing and so on. Is there enough time for those guys if they can come back quickly to get back to where they need to be, assuming you make the postseason. Yeah, yeah, they do. They even when they're, you know, they're injured. They, those guys, you know, Miles was injured earlier in the year and came back, and you know his conditioning, all their conditioning stays pretty good. They even though they're injured, they're able to get in the weight room, um, you know, to keep that conditioning level up. Maybe it's, um, you know, different exercises, riding the bike, and and, and things that they can do without aggravating their injury. Um, so they've done a good job with that. Um, and they will ramp it up. You know, we, we do a good job. Our, our training staff, our strength staff, our coaches, uh, they do a good job of, of ramping it up for a player from, from shooting to one-on-one to, to more contact up to five-on-five so they are ready to play, um, you know, as, as close to 100%, you know, on that first game back as they can. While nothing is certain with only a few games left, it looks increasingly likely that you'll at least get into the play-in, and so you're working to establish position for seeding and all of that. Uh, We know that this has been an unusual season in this respect, and not just with the Pacers. Home teams are winning with less frequency than ever before, so I'm curious, Nate, as to your thoughts on this, although you would certainly like to have home court, would it be fair to say that it might not be as important as it has been in previous years? Well, maybe for maybe for the rest of the league, and I know our home record hasn't been the way that we wanted it to, but but we definitely would. Our goal would be to get a home game. You know, definitely we want to play in our home city. And even though they're they're the 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 building doesn't have as you know many fans and is isn't isn't sold out and packed. You know, it's still it's our home court. It's where we want to be. It's where we want to play well. You know, and and when all the fans do come back. Uh, when that place gets packed again, you're going to see that home court advantage come back. Pacers coach Nate Bjorkman, kind enough to spend some time with us, as he does on a regular basis here on Pacers Weekly. The Pacers have a big game tonight. Washington in, the Wizards, Pacers, and a few others still scrambling for playoff positioning as we head for the final week of the regular season. Let's go back to Pat Boylan. Mark and Nate, thank you. That's the Pacers head coach, Nate Bjorkman. When we return, we will hear from Fever head coach, Marianne Stanley, this is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. We're back on Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. 
Pacers and Washington Wizards tonight at 7 o'clock, 6.30 on the Kroger pregame show and on Valley Sports Indiana as well. Would love to have you there or in person. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. If you visit feverbasketball.com, you can purchase fever tickets, single game tickets for the first four games are on sale now. They'll be at Bankers Life Fieldhouse 616 days between the last time the Fever have played at Bankers Life Fieldhouse and when they will play next. That will be Sunday for the home opener at 2 o'clock against the Liberty. Indiana season tips off Friday, this upcoming Friday. Also against the Liberty, the first game is in New York. The head coach is Marianne Stanley. She's a member of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, has a decorated career And she's now running the Indiana Fever as head coach. The Fever are in training camp. Here's Marianne Stanley's impressions. Well, one weekend, uh, I'm real pleased with how we're we're doing. Um, There's been really good energy. And, you know, a lot of people are looking pretty good right now. So, you know, I I feel good that people, our players are grasping what we want them to do at both ends of the floor. And, um, you know, there's good flow to practice. Um, I don't think there's any one particular person, but I think uh, Victoria Vivians looks real good right now. Uh, I would say if there's one and, and um, I think we've gotten good leadership at the point from all three of our point guards, uh, Daniel Robinson, Lindsay Allen and, and Kathleen Doyle. You know, when you're in your second season, but obviously you've been in the league for a long time, you know that sort of developing an identity, how you play is such a big part of why teams are successful in the WNBA. With the moves you made, how do you think you guys can um, maybe get to that? What what Indiana's identity is going to be and playing the way that, that you particularly like to see them play? Well, what we really want to do is play with some pace. And so, you know, I think we've got players that are skilled and, can, you know, uh, particularly our, our, our guard play. We've got guards who can push it. We've got, you know, wings who can shoot it. Uh, we got bigs who can rebound it. Um, so I, I like that. But, but also the, the one thing that we've got to improve from a year ago is our defense. So I think defensively, we're looking to make, you know, some big improvements. And then other than that, just generally, we'd like to play with pace. We want to get up and down the floor. Was there any anything in particular you felt like you learned from last year, the people that are coming back that can help in terms of getting to that goal? Well, I think, you know, the bubble situation was was difficult for every team. And for us, not having a training camp really to speak of, uh, I think was – uh, it was not only difficult, but in some ways it was kind of un- unfair to the team. You know, you get a new coach, new system, and you don't have the norm um, to get ready. And uh, I'm not making any excuses for anything, but I think in, in, a, in a normal year, you know, it's challenging to get a new system in place with new people and new coaches uh, to do it in a situation where you virtually don't have the practice leading in and you don't have the practice on an ongoing basis throughout the season because you've got to protect people from injury and all those kinds of things, you know, it it made it really, really tough. So, you know, what I learned from that is you just have to be resilient. You just have to stick to what uh, you believe in terms of the foundations for what's going to help you be successful as you've, you know, alluded to. And for, 
for us, that's going to be being good defensively, being a really solid defensive team, and then being able to get up and down the floor and score the basketball with pace. You know, Kelsey Mitchell had a really, really good year last year. And I think she's demonstrated her ability to be an outstanding two guard. You know, I've challenged her to be equally as good at the other end of the floor. And so like, I keep teasing her about being a great defender, but um, she, she's a scorer and she can do that from everywhere on the, on the court. She can do it as a point. She can do it as a two. I think she's most valuable to us and, and a big threat when she's at the two. With that said, there's plenty of times in the offense that she'll have pick and roll action, as will other people. That's Fever head coach Marianne Stanley. Visit feverbasketball.com. For more information on the season upcoming, it tips off on Friday, and you can buy tickets for Sunday's home opener or those first four games at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Tickets start as low as $13. You can buy them in pods of two or four. There will be similar protocols in place as there are for Pacers games. You'll need to wear your mask except when actively eating or drinking, but you can come out and support the WNBA and the Indiana Fever by visiting feverbasketball.com. When we return on this show, we will check in with Eddie White. We will find out which guest he has for Around the House coming up next. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. Welcome back to Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart, where you can order food, treats, and more online with same-day delivery or try PetSmart's free curbside pickup. 317-239-1070 is the number to call in. Talk Pacers basketball here with us this morning, or if you prefer on Twitter, give us a shout-out. I'm at Pat Boylan Pacers. Your questions or comments can be directed there. If you are a regular, you know... That every week, Eddie White goes around Bankers Live Fieldhouse, finds somebody with an interesting story to tell. Let's turn it over to Eddie White now. Thanks, Pat. It is once again time to go around the house. And holy smokes, when you go around the house, you got to be careful because, as you know, we have been redoing, remodeling the Fieldhouse. And who better to talk about it than our good buddy, the executive vice president for Pacer Sports Entertainment. She basically runs this building, the great Mel Raines. Mel, how are you today? Hey, Eddie. I'm doing great. Thanks. It's always good to get you on because you're busy. I can't get you on, but you're hard to get. Uh, I wanted to update the folks on this thing because, you know, we got we got a big game tonight, so people will be coming in tonight. We have another home game on, on Tuesday with Philadelphia. We encourage people to go, go to the webpage and check out the protocols and the tickets and come to the game. But when they come in, it's gonna if they haven't been to the field house in a while, they're gonna see something different. And I know you talked about three phases of this field house of the future. Phase one is over. I want you to tell me about that, and then we're right, right in the middle of phase two, correct? We are, we are. So phase one we wrapped up and it's um, was mostly things that you would notice on the lower level, the seats, new seats, the green seats are gone on the lower level, they'll be gone this summer in the mid-level, Creek Devault level. Um we uh, renovated some of our lower level suites and some of the areas on the event level and the new scoreboard, which I think everybody's really liked that's been into the building. And phase two, we have started. So we're in our pardon our dust phase of that. Um, so when you come to the game uh, tonight, you'll notice we've got some construction walls up. So we've started demoing some areas to get ready for the summer closure once uh, our Pacers are done in the playoffs. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot more areas that fans will notice as soon as they come back in in the fall. And we'll be finishing in the fall with phase two in another pardon our dust. So we won't be 
beautiful for um, our opening night in October, but we will shortly thereafter. Um, so we'll be doing concessions on the main concourse, restrooms on the main concourse, adding some new bars that open up into the seating bowl that will be really cool new areas for people to hang out in. Um, and then the Creek Devault level will be renovating some of the suites up there, expanding the Lexus loft, uh, replacing the seats, as I mentioned. And again, uh, new concessions and new restrooms. We're adding some grab-and-go markets that you'll be able to go in, um, sort of like at the airport, grab whatever you want quickly and get back to your seat so you don't miss any of the action. So we're excited about what we have coming. The, the, the phase one deal, it was so exciting to me because you started to get report cards, so to speak, when we had the NCAA games. And you talked to people who came and watched those games. And then, you know, we had all the protocols and everything, but even the teams that came in and people that got a, as little by little, when people have started to see things, you haven't missed a trick here because those clubs that you guys did, you did the one with the, the old, almost a tribute to the ABA with Bobby Sick Leonard and stuff. And then the other one looks like an old Indiana. You really haven't missed missed a trick. You, you've been able to maintain this this world's greatest basketball arena with the old Indiana feel, but you have all the modern things that you need to attract people and make people happy at games. Yeah, our goal was really to keep the Fieldhouse charm. I mean, the Fieldhouse is the best place in the NBA and the country to watch a basketball game, probably the world. And we didn't want to lose that charm, but we wanted to modernize it. We wanted to add um, premium products for everybody. And so for some people that may be standing at a bar and watching a game, for others it may be a little bit more comfortable seat in the lower bowl. And we added those things and we're going to keep adding those things. Um, so when we're done in 22, in the fall of, of 2022, really it will it will look like a new building um, in a lot of different ways, but it's still the great field house that we all know and love. It's just got some new shiny touches. You talk about the f different phases, one, two, and three. Is there one that's more difficult than the other or they all have a, a level of difficulty last uh, phase one was probably the most difficult from a, a mechanical engineering and plumbing perspective um, at the IU liberal arts major <laughs> I think I should have gone to Purdue from an MEP perspective it was very complicated this um, this year actually what's more complicated is we're operating the building while we're trying to get some of this work done and so if we had full crowds that would certainly be more difficult so one of the silver linings has been with um, restricted uh, a limited attendance, we're able to, to close down some more things we wouldn't have been able to do. We're taking advantage of that to the best of our ability. But it certainly isn't easy to be doing construction all night and operating events during the day and then closing again. And we're learning how to we're getting better at that. But that will continue into the fall. And then um, most of the work in 2022 is outside until the summer when we finish off the balcony level. So it'll get a little bit easier, I think, in 22. But I, I don't know that any anything is easy in a $360 million construction project. Last thing is uh, one of the, the things that we all hurt uh, from uh, was when we lost the, um, it was delayed, I guess, the All-Star game. Because everything was so fired up to have it. We were all pumped up and everything. And then it got to push back a bit. Um, I know you. And I know the people that work for you, you guys just change gears and say, you know what, we'll come back in a couple of years and we'll have even a better one than maybe we would have had. But it still was a, it was a punch to the stomach, but allows you to even do more things. And you'll have the, the latest, greatest edition of the world's greatest basketball arena to host everybody. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, again, silver linings. We wanted 21. We went after that All-Star game in 2017 um, in the way that only Indy can. And we were so proud to have beat out, I think, nine other teams to get it. But when um, it became clear that it wasn't going to be the All-Star game we wanted to host in 21 with a full crowd and downtown full of um, full of people, 
2024 was available and our construction would be done, we jumped at it. So we will have a, a brand new building to show the world, a new plaza that we can activate for the All-Star Game, which I think will make it better than ever. And I think the league continues to evolve what that weekend is into an even better event every year. So by 2024, who knows what it will look like and what aspects they'll add to it. Um, very innovative. And they're looking forward to partnering with us with our ideas. And I think we make every event that we get, just like we did this past March Madness, a little bit better too. So um, so we're looking forward to it. We wanted 21. Um, I, I enjoyed having my only President's Day weekend off in about a 10-year period <laughs> since there was no All-Star game. But I look forward to checking out Cleveland and Salt Lake City before we host again and and then doing it better than all of them. You know, it's always great to catch up to you. I know how busy you are and continue good luck with the building and the people who haven't seen it yet. I encourage them. Come on down, see us. Pacers tickets are available and you got to see this place because it is it gets better every day. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Go Pacers. Go Pacers. How about that, Patrick? She's the person. She gives us the updated information. We go around the field house. Patrick, you've seen it. This place is absolutely spectacular. Fans, I encourage you, come down and check this out. We're lucky to have the world's greatest basketball arena right Right here in downtown Indianapolis. Back to you, Patrick. Eddie and Mel, thank you. It was Mel's birthday yesterday as well, so a happy belated to her. And Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there, just as Eddie and Mel were discussing. And then the Fieldhouse will undergo more renovations here this summer and look even better for the 2021-2022 NBA season. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. 317-239-1070 is our telephone number at Pat Boylan Pacers. On Twitter, when we return a little bit later, we will hear from Jeremiah Johnson. Coming up next, we will hear from former Pacer current analyst. You see him on television. You hear him on radio. He wears many hats. His name is Eddie Gill, and he chats with Mark Boyle when we return on Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. You're listening to Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. If you miss any of this show, you can check it out in its podcast form. Just search Pacers Sound wherever you get your podcasts. Pacers Weekly goes there every week during the year. So too does the Sideline Guys podcast. That's a weekly show with Jeremiah Johnson and me. We record an update on Wednesdays throughout the season. JJ will join us a little bit later. Again, Pacers Sound, wherever you get your podcasts. That includes SoundCloud to stay up to date with the Pacers from a podcast perspective. Eddie Gill played for the Pacers. He's now an analyst on television and on radio, and he joins radio play-by-play announcer Mark Boyle. Thank you, Pat. The Pacers conclude a homestand tonight with the Wizards. We'll get to that here in just a bit. For now, though, let's start with this, an eventful week, uh, really an eventful last seven days. We go back to last Saturday when the Pacers scored 152 points. Then on Monday, they gave up 154. Then on Wednesday, they scored 93 against the worst defensive team in the league, and all of that was overshadowed by an altercation between an assistant coach and a player. Just another week in the NBA, yes? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're talking about one hell of a week when you when you describe it in that in that manner, which is exactly what happened. Uh, you, you talk about a roller coaster of epic proportions. And um, right now, man, this team really just got to figure out a way to button it all up and, and really uh, finish this this season uh, on a positive note um, to, for to have a great for the greater good of everyone. Um, just in terms of going up and down and those different emotions, emotional roller coasters that this team is on. Uh, not sure how they come to grips with it 
it all, but clearly they all need to get in the room and do some soul searching and, and see what's important to each individual and how they come together collectively. Tonight, Washington, the final game of a three-game homestand. Now, these teams right now are jockeying for nine and ten. You obviously, if you can't get to eight, would rather finish nine than ten, or would you? You're better on the road than you are at home. Is establishing a home court for a one-game playoff that big a deal? I, I don't. I think in this environment, if this is across the board in the NBA, the home court advantage it isn't what it once was, um, clearly due to the, the COVID protocols and, and not being able to pack the arenas like you typically would that's clearly had an impact uh, on teams and and so you know with the Pacers playing better on the road uh, throughout this season you know I, I don't know if they prefer to do that going into this play-in playoff tournament uh, schedule but ultimately they have to take each and every game as a playoff right now and focus on that and, and really focus on the fundamental things and uh, really fall in love with the process and, and let the result be what it's going to be because uh, right now they just got to try to right the ship. That's an interesting point because as they struggle lately, losing more than they're winning, the desired spots, the home court advantage, the top six are increasingly distant and, and probably out of reach. So you're relegated to the play-in tournament. And even with all of the things we're talking about, I still feel that they'll get to the play-in tournament. Do you? I do. I, I do think that they'll they'll still get there. Uh, they they've they've had a you know a decent cushion be, between them and that 11th spot. So I do think they'll still get in there. And and once you get in, you know, especially in this one game format, um, they'll obviously obviously have to win a couple to to get uh, a solid position in the playoffs race. But if you're able to do that, then you know anything's possible in those one game situations. We saw Washington recently. Uh, in Washington. They scored 154 against the Pacers that night. Now, they were floundering for a long time. A lot of reasons for that, uh, but they're not floundering now, and that's the goal. You want to be at the top of your game heading for the postseason, which it looks like they'll qualify for. What are you seeing from them other than the fact that they're getting some of their guys back? Yeah, that's a huge piece to it, but they, they clearly have great chemistry right now. It's led by that fantastic backcourt, Russell Westbrook, uh, Bradley Beal, uh, he and, and Steph Curry going back and forth, leading the league in scoring, um, arguably the best backcourt in the game. But they have great rhythm right now. They're, they're led by Russell Westbrook. He's able to get out and transition, and he's looking for guys, and, and they're obviously getting to their spots. Um, Bradley Beal is scoring all over the all over the floor, whether it's three-point line, mid-range, and at the rim. Um, and, and those other guys are doing a really nice job of just of, of filling in the gaps. Uh, Rui Archimura, I like what he brings to the table. A uh, guy who can um, really run in, tra in, in, the, in transition. He can score in the half court. So they just have great chemistry right now, great camaraderie, um, and, and give Scott Brooks a lot of credit to, to what he's been able to do with that team here of late. I want to close, Eddie, by doing this. We'll slip you into the time machine. Go back 15, 16, 17 years. How would you play Russell Westbrook? Wow, you just got to try to match his effort. And, and, uh, because I think that's where he's – he's clearly a supreme athlete. I think he's one of the best athletes in the game. But he has uh, one of the, the most unique abilities to, to have a great athleticism, great motor, um, a solid skill set. He puts all that together. But in terms of how I would defend him defensively, I'm just going to try to – uh, match that effort first and foremost and make everything hard. Keep him in a crowd because one thing to where he does falter is sometimes his decision making. You can't really 
uh, be too critical of just about anything else other than his decision making. So if you put him in a crowd, sometimes he's going to make uh, a, a wrong decision for his team, and especially late in late game situations, you, you never know what he's going to do in terms of uh, his decision making. So make keep him in a crowd. If he has space, you have a problem. That's Eddie Gill. I'm Mark Boyle. The homestand concludes tonight. The Wizards the opponent. And then the final week of the regular season starts Monday with a game in Cleveland. And the Pacers hope to be qualifying for the play-in tournament most likely, which will come up uh, the week after next. But right now we'll go back to Pat Boylan. Mark and Eddie, thank you. Jeremiah Johnson joins us in a bit. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. Live on the circle in downtown Indianapolis, this is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. Pacers and Wizards tonight, 7 o'clock is the tip. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. Would love to have you in person if you can't. Radio and television pregame show coverage begins at 6.30 tonight. Just eight, uh, just four regular season games at home remain. If you have not been to the Fieldhouse Yet this season, it's an interesting experience, certainly. We can't wait to have that building back and packed. But if you've not gotten to try it, this will hopefully be the only season like this. I think you're going to want to at least have the chance to say you experienced it. Again, Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. If you just visit Pacers.com, our digital team does a terrific job of keeping you up to date on everything you need to know with the Pacers and make sure to download the Pacers mobile app as well. It's presented by Motorola. If you go to Pacers.com right now, an oral history of Reggie Miller's eight points and nine seconds as that anniversary comes around again. One of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Tickets are also on sale for Slick Leonard's Celebration of Life. Those tickets are $5.29, which represents the number of wins Slick had as the Pacers head coach, and all of that money is going to charity. Again, Pacers.com is where you can go and visit uh, Pacers.com slash Slick specifically for tickets on that Celebration of Life. 1,500 tickets are available. We're going to keep it safe and socially distant, so if you want to be there, Uh, Make sure that you visit Pacers.com slash Slick to help us celebrate the life of the Hall of Famer. And if you go there as well, you can also read up on more information on the All-Star Game, which will be headed to Indianapolis in 2024. That, of course, was supposed to be here this season, uh, but will be in 2024. PacersTeamStore.com is where you can refresh your Pacers look. They've got the new launch earned edition jerseys. Those are the more uh, modern take on the classic uh, gold jerseys from the late 90s and early 2000s. They've got those navy pinstripes going down the middle. PacersTeamStore.com, or if you're going to a game, any of these next four in the regular season, you can visit the team store in person, but do beware, they are having limited uh, people available to uh, go into the team store. Sometimes there is a line just to help comply with health and safety protocols. So the easiest way... PacersTeamStore.com. When you spend $30 or more, you get free ground shipping, and there is a game night special every single night, including 
tonight where you can get the Pacers Charge t-shirt for just $12. PacersTeamStore.com to refresh your look. Talked about it earlier in the show, but the fever season tips off in just six days. FeverBasketball.com for more information. Tickets are on sale now to those first four games at Bankers Live Fieldhouse. The fever will then transition over to Indiana Farmers Coliseum for the rest of their season. Our Fever Digital crew has you covered as well. There is a Fever app and FeverBasketball.com is where you can go to buy tickets and to keep up with the team. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. We will close out this show next with TV host and sideline reporter Jeremiah Johnson. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. We are wrapping up Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. But you can catch more Pacers coverage starting at 6.30 tonight. Bally Sports with Jeremiah Johnson. Pacers and Wizards right here. We're listening to Pacers Weekly at 6.32 for your radio pregame show coverage. JJ joins us now. I'm going to start you off with the same question that Mark Boyle asked Nate Bjorkren. A roller coaster week since the last time we have talked on this show, JJ. You hang 152 and you have the biggest road victory in franchise uh, in NBA history, I should say, against Oklahoma City on Saturday. Then you give up 154 to Washington. You lose to Sacramento, who was shorthanded. You were too. And then you beat Atlanta with an impressive victory on Thursday. Kind of a roller coaster week. What did you make of it? Well, he was probably better equipped to answer the question. I viewed it from afar, and it was, um, you know, as, as we share on text messages and we communicate, uh, talked on the podcast this week, and that was maybe earlier in the week. It, it has been a week where you don't really know what's going to happen each day and night, but when the game starts, you enjoy watching the game, and I really enjoyed watching the game against the Thunder and the game against the Hawks. And for different reasons, I was entertained on Monday against the Wizards, the one game that I really did not enjoy at all, Sacramento. And I just was listening back to some of the sound from after the Hawks game, and I thought Karis LeVert answered a question uh, in the postgame Zoom to you pretty accurately. He said this league is all about bouncing back. And you see that so many times, maybe not the swings that we saw this week, but you have off nights and bad performances, and the key is how you respond. So I'm at least optimistic about the next week based on what I saw with the response against the Hawks. We don't know what's going to happen with the injury situation. Unfortunately, it's been a major theme this year. The Pacers have just not been able to get fully healthy for any consistent period of time. Uh, Right now, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, of course, TJ Warren, Edmund Sumner, Jeremy Lamb. I mean, the injury list is very long. You did get a nice win on Thursday, so they proved on Thursday that you can win without those guys and against a good team in Atlanta. Uh, But how pivotal do you feel like the health is and getting healthier is uh, to the Pacers having a strong close to the season and making some noise in the play-in tournament, hopefully getting into the playoffs? Well, for the first part of the question about the final stretch of the regular season, you at bare minimum need to have no one else get hurt. And I think you probably need to have at least one, maybe two of those guys you mentioned come back because it's a pretty compressed schedule over the next, what? what is it, eight, nine days? You've got Uh, I think six games in nine days, you've got a couple of back-to-backs. And so even if everyone was completely healthy, you would have maybe a couple of unfortunate scheduling circumstances built in there. And when shorthanded, you just have to get, for instance, contributions from Keelan Martin. Those 12 minutes he played against Atlanta 
were vital to that team, you know, winning that game and holding off the Hawks, I think, because you can't just expect Sabonis and Levert to play 41 minutes every night and every night of the next next six games and, and not have any letdowns or not feel the effect. So it would be it would be really good if they could get maybe one big and one guard back at least. We don't know who's closest of the group. About a week ago, I was planning pregame shows and thinking maybe Jeremy Lamb is back this night. And at this point, I'm not really sure what the situation is because he is still questionable, but he's not really been able to do anything. And so I'm kind of preparing, not thinking about Jeremy Lamb, and maybe they'll surprise us at some point and he will be available. I'm optimistic about Malcolm Brogdon, but hamstring injuries are nothing to um, push or perhaps even risk anything. So he's got to be 100% not feeling the effects at all. But if they could get one or two of those guys back and then maybe even Jakar Sampson coming off concussion protocol by the end of the week, it would be really important and it would be beneficial. Jeremiah Johnson is with us. You can catch him at 6.30 tonight on Bally Sports for the pregame show with Pacers and Wizards. Uh, I want to ask you about DeMontis Sabonis because that injury was seemingly very tough on him, that back injury, but it almost makes you wonder if it allowed him to uh, kind of uh, regain his strength and he looks uh, a lot stronger um, and a lot quicker and, and maybe just healthier overall. He's looked really good these last four games. He's had at least 20 six points in three of them rebounding at a high rate assisting at a really high rate what have you made of his return and how impactful he's been you know he would never admit that he was tired or worn out but it does seem like that perhaps that time off was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for him because I do think he was wearing down a little bit he's trying to play a little bit different style a lot more, you know, trapping and extending outside of the paint, and he's playing heavy minutes. And so without Miles Turner, they really need him, but they need him to be fresh. And I think it was easy early in the season to take his numbers for granted, but we should really, you know, discuss what he has done offensively over the last four games. And, you know, we acknowledge that each of the last four games has not been great from a team perspective, but the numbers that he has put up, and I was just looking through some of the research that Bally Sports provides us, this four-game stretch in terms of just points, rebounds, assists, and the averages. Oscar Robertson's done it nine times, Wilt Chamberlain eight times, Russell Westbrook twice, DeMontis Sabonis once. That's it. Nobody else has had those numbers. And sometimes we can put qualifiers in and make you know, heroes out of stats by minutes played or maybe you know, a block average. Well, this is just points, rebounds, assists, and that's the list of company you're keeping over the last four games. It's pretty impressive. And I do think he's energized, and I hope he can continue to have the energy, not just the rest of this regular season, but on into any potential play-in tournament games. Pacers and Wizards tonight, and this is a game that uh, you can make a case is the most important of the season to date. Uh, Washington is right behind you. Washington has tiebreak on you. They're playing very, very well. Um, and Russell Westbrook obviously is on quite a tear. What do you see as a key or two tonight for Indiana? Well, you can't take Russell Westbrook away. I almost am just going into this game saying he is going to tie Oscar Robertson. He is probably going to get a triple-double. But the one thing that I think is a key is to make him shoot a little bit more. The best thing about his game on Monday from a Wizards perspective is he did all of his damage with the assists. And those were some passes that just led to easy threes or easy dunks. And we know that if there's one weakness maybe to his game right now, it's his outside shot. So if you could bait him into shooting a little bit more and maybe getting some long misses and then the Pacers turning around and getting out in transition, 
I think that's key. He's going to get his numbers. Bradley Beal is going to get his numbers. But if you can kind of limit those a little bit and then just make sure none of the other Wizards have career nights against you and and just get back in transition defense. I mean, at least the Wizards game is fresh in everyone's memory. So the players will understand what went wrong that night and how to make sure to not let it happen again. I don't think they're going to get above 150 tonight. I don't think the Wizards are going to get 50 assists, but let's chop that number in half. No more than 25 tonight. Yeah, I think that's a good goal, and very likely we won't see the high-scoring affair that we saw last week. It was 154 to 141. About a minute here. Let's preview the pregame show on Bally Sports at 630. Well, it's always better to have a pregame show after a win, and there were some impressive individual and team performances against the Atlanta Hawks. Probably one of the best wins in the last month, I would say, considering how well Atlanta had been playing and really the situation the Pacers found themselves in. So themselves in. So we'll have to take a look back at the beginning of the show. And in segment two, everyone's favorite Pacers Live pregame guest, Mark Boyle, has agreed to join the show. So <laughs> Mark would say he's joining the dark side tonight. We'll shine a light on Mark Boyle. And <laughs> I look forward to hearing what he has to say tonight. We look forward to watching your coverage at 6.30 on Valley Sports. That's Jeremiah Johnson. Is it okay for him to take a break from your radio coverage of your pregame show? Are yeah. you allowing him to visit us? It's just fine. It's funny how he calls it the dark side, but then it jumps at any opportunity to join you. <laughs> yeah, he takes a lot of more pictures when he goes to the dark side yeah, than very doing true. a segment on your show. <laughs> very true. JJ, thanks for the time yeah. here this morning, and we'll uh, catch your coverage at 6.30 tonight, and we'll look forward to seeing Mark on TV, not just hearing him. Sounds good. See you tonight, Pat. All right, that's Jeremiah Johnson. Pacers and Wizards, 6.30 on Bally Sports, 6.30 on the Kroger pregame show, right where you're listening to this. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. Just four home games remain in the season. Thanks to our producer, Eddie Garrison. I'm Pat Boylan. We will talk to you next Saturday morning on Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart.